Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I'm not the guest, though. I'm the host. He's kind of loopy. <laughs> oh, I hope you guys are having a great night. Uh, we have a lot of stuff to talk about wrestling-wise. We're going to soothe you with our wonderful words and, uh, you know, just talk about wrestling. But, of course, it's not just me tonight. Uh, I also have my co-host, Mr. Christopher Brother Ray Patton. How are you doing, sir? I am doing wonderful, Dean. How about you, man? If, if Howard Finkel could fucking figure his shit out, man, I'd be really happy. But, you know, he's wasted again. <laughs> Anyways, hey, we, we also have a special guest, Chris, uh, joining us to go over the Royal Rumble, our good friend, Jawan Carter. How you doing, sir? Clap, clap, clap. I, <laughs> I'm huh? doing really well. I'm excited Make to your booty clap? here what? and talk wrestling with you guys. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, okay. Make no booties clap. <laughs> That'd be fun, though. That would be fun. Uh, All right, guys. uh, we got a wonderful episode ahead of us. We're going to be going over some Royal Rumble. Like I just said, I hope you guys watched. I thought that uh, WWE actually had a really great showing of pay-per-views. For Juwan's sake, we're going to go with the Royal Rumble first, and then we'll go over TakeOver, which was also brilliant. Um, So let's start at the top of the card. All right, so the Royal Rumble results. uh, We're going to go down... Uh, to the first actual match on the card, the WWE Championship handicap match between AJ Styles and then against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Guys, how weird was it to start off the night technically on the actual card for with the WWE Championship? Uh, was was that strange for you, Chris? 
Uh, no, because I think they really wanted to highlight the women's Royal Rumble. So I kind of assumed that they would shift the title match early. I expected it to be the tag team match because that's been their go-to for kickoffs. And I'm kind of glad they didn't do that because I think it was a good buffer. But, uh, yeah, you know, it was strange because the WWE title is probably the most prestigious at this point um, as far as lineage. But at the same, at the same time, it made sense to get the show off to a hard, uh, like a very fast and good start and then go from there. So I didn't have a huge problem with it or anything. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And uh, yeah, it was obviously to, to highlight the women's Royal Rumble, but it, it did seem a little bit off. Was it weird for you, Jawan, to start off that? Yeah, it was a little weird. Um, I honestly didn't really like them starting off with it. I knew, like Chris said, I knew they weren't going to end with it. So uh, the, the idea of, of, it being later on uh, is something I would have preferred. Um, in, in all honesty, outside of just like AJ Styles being possibly one of the greatest in-ring talents in WWE right now, I just wasn't a fan of the match overall uh, either. So that being what started off, I wasn't that much of a fan. I got you. Well, let's go over a little bit of details of the match itself. Uh, so, Basically, it all, uh, the, the, where, what the hell was uh, the counter for the pop-up powerbomb into a roll-up uh, on Ev- or Owens to retain the championship? Uh, the, the thing about the match is, and this is something that I don't know why they keep on hopping back to, um, is that basically it was a bad ref call. And they seem to be doing this a lot with the Usos, uh, you know, and, and I don't think it's a really good uh, way to end matches. I think it's kind of wonky. Um, it's not as wonky as, as their concept beforehand of, you know, pulling, pulling a kind of like a dusty finish almost, but this is, this one's just as, uh, just as strange, honestly. And then of course, Kevin Owens was not the man supposed to be in and, or that, that was actually in and got rolled up for it. So technically it shouldn't be his bad. So it it was just a wonky finisher. I thought the match itself, I mean, Back and forth between AJ and both Sammy and Kevin is, is going to be good for the most part. Um, but as far as the match, I thought the ending kind of ruined it. Um, it wasn't anything that bad or anything like that, but compared to, like, you know, we're, we're going to get to the uh, Royal Rumbles themselves, uh, just not really well choreographed, to my opinion. Chris, how did you feel about the match itself? I like the match okay for what it was. I mean, it, it's a weird handicap match. I think that they could have moved the title and then moved it back before Mania if they wanted to go with Shinsuke versus AJ Styles. I think my biggest problem with it is even having them lose in the manner that they lost, it still makes Sammy and Kevin look weak. And they're kind of the dominant heels on SmackDown right now, which is never a good look. Um, and they, what it it builds on the storyline between them, but the end goal is Nakamura versus AJ Styles, as far as I can tell, um, with the way that they, you know, been building, building this thing. So it just it felt weird and out of place. Like you're not gonna do Shane versus Kevin Owens and Sammy, or I mean, you could do Shane versus Daniel Bryan, but to me, without a title change or something like uh, Kevin Owens and Sammy's little crew loses steam unless they go into the tag team division or something. So it just felt weird. Um, like I said, I would have kind of liked them to win and then break up over the title. And then you can have AJ win it back. And then you can have the, uh, what I think inevitably is going to happen is Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn and some kind of like no holds barred match uh, at mania 
I guess. But yeah, overall the match was a little. I mean, I thought that the in-ring work and stuff was fine. It's always weird with handicap matches without making your heels look bad. And I kind of think that you know going out of the match, even though like he lost to a roll-up pin, it still doesn't do anything for Sammy and Kevin. It would have been better if they just got themselves disqualified or something. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I don't know, but even the DQ finishes, like I was saying, they're becoming really trendy as well to execute an ending because it's like it seems like they go into it without even having an ending in mind. Um, but I do agree with you. Uh, Juwan, um, how did you feel about this match? You kind of like already alluded to it, but go into detail a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I agree with Chris. Uh, you missed an opportunity there. Uh, every the, the entire time I kept watching uh, the match, and especially after it ended, I kept saying, this would be a great opportunity to have um, a really fun storyline with, with this match to where the referee is crooked and he does like a really crazy uh, fast count that gives uh, Kevin Owens the, the belt. And then the following Tuesday, you know, it turns out Daniel Bryan was a part of them having that crooked ref that leads to like a Shane versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania and then what you could have is Shane go, all right, well, that's not how AJ Styles is going to lose the title. Um, you know, that match wasn't, you know, was, was fixed or whatever. And then have AJ Styles, like Chris said, win it back either right before Mania or, you know, that following week or the week after, something like that. Um, and then what you could have for Owens and, um, and Zayn going forward is them uh, going into the tag team division and really thriving in that. Uh, but you missed a really golden opportunity. Uh, I thought it would have been a really good look for Owens and Zane to walk out with the belt, even if it was only for like maybe a week or two or a few weeks, and then they lose it. But I, I, I still think, and I agree with Chris, what you're doing to those two guys, it's kind of, it's not really right, and it does them no justice um, to be in these matches and then continuously losing them. Uh, so I thought that would have been a really good look for them to just get it, even if it's only uh, for a moment or two. And it could have led to, again, like Chris said, uh, a Shane versus Daniel Bryan WrestleMania. Yeah, it's it's almost like, you know, they're they're just backtracking and kind of – because if you, if you look at Daniel Bryan lately, he's not been weirdly on their side or, you know, he kind of screwed them over the other night. Like, I'm just wondering if they're like, all right, never mind, like – Maybe he had something to do with Daniel not getting cleared for Mania, like, you know, that was originally proposed or whatever, and they just took back because they can't do anything with that situation. But it looks to me, I'm happy in a way to see that it's, it might be Kevin Owens and Sammy because they'll have a banger at WrestleMania. They know how to work with each other, obviously. But at the same time, I kind of feel like this is deja vu, uh, except for take out Sammy Zayn and put Chris Jericho in. Um, you know, obviously we don't have the amazing uh, festival of friendships that kind of like made it all happen, but if they do it, you know, I'm hoping that Sammy goes real heel if they're going to do this whole entire thing. And Kevin goes not baby face, but kind of tweener ish, kind of like how me and you've alluded to uh, Chris in the past with him kind of more or less taking aspects of the Kevin Steen character. Um, Cause he definitely could if, if they, if they flip him that way, but I would rather see or prefer if they're going that direction for Sammy to be the one that goes completely, you know, full heel and then kind of have Kevin stray away a little bit from that. But um, do you think that might be the direction they're going in, Chris? And do you think they're, they're trying to like pretend that storyline involving Daniel Bryan, Shane McMahon kind of never happened? 
I, I have, I honestly don't know because I don't really trust what WWE.com puts out as far, because I mean, they did this with Seth Rollins and they were like, well, it's a non-sanctioned match. So I still feel like there's a chance you might see Daniel Bryan just because if they don't do something with him, he's going to leave and go work somewhere else. Um, but outside of that, I think Sammy would be the one that I turned completely heel. Um, and you could have Daniel Bryan or Shane McMahon screw over uh, Kevin Owens and have him break into the more of the kill steam kill character, the anti Jim Cornette character that he played in ring of honor, the Austin esque Kevin Owens, so to speak, and have him just completely just start demolishing. people. Um, but the only way that works though, especially with the way the SmackDown roster is, is you have to have him win matches, win matches clean. Uh, like when he beat, John Cena clean the first time you have to have that level of Kevin Owens uh, that level of dedication to his character and I think that he's someone that can get that over and make it really 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 impressive and really fun to watch especially going you know against you could even I mean you can always flip flop AJ he he works both and well uh, both ways and I think you can do the same thing with Sinsuke you can make Sinsuke a heel so it's just a matter of if, if they want to adjust, like how they want to adjust to it. Like you could even make it so that like Sinsuke and AJ kind of side together with some bullet club ties, make brief mentions to it. And they start kind of just clubbing up, maybe put the U S title on one the heavyweight title on the other, and then have like, you know, Sami Zayn, you know, being a, a, a complete dipshit, maybe winning one of those titles so that you get, kind of a feud with Kevin Owens versus three people plus Daniel Bryan and Shane McMahon, if you're going away with that, because I really do think that Kevin Owens with the, the way he plays the anti-authority character, if you can watch like his run in ring of honor, he does it really, really well. And it's something I kind of hoped for um, even back when, you know, triple H kind of gave him the title in that one match. I was like, well, hopefully they're building to where he turns on triple H. Instead we got, Instead of that storyline, we got, you know, Seth Rollins and uh, Triple H, which was fine, and I thought it was really, really well done. But I still feel like there's gas in the tank for the anti-authority Kevin Owens. And I think the fans will get behind that more than his heel character. But, yeah, there's a lot of ways you can go with it. Uh, But I think turning Sammy heel would be good for Sammy Zayn, especially because he's kind of in a half-hearted heel turn already where he's, a you know, Kevin Owens' best friend. And the thing is, like, him and Kevin Owens are legitimately getting screwed over week after week, if you really think about it. So it's, like, it's hard to hate them for complaining because they are getting fucked. So it's that weird type of booking where you're like, well, you want us to hate these guys, but they're not cheating to win. You guys are kind of fucking them week after week. So where does where is the end game to that? And to me, the end game is, like, either you turn one of them heel and one of them face as an anti-authority or you have the Daniel Bryan Shane match, and that figures whatever the fuck out if they can do that, which I don't know that they can do that. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of side with you, Dane. I think that uh, Sami Zayn on a heel run with the positive music and him just being a complete asshole—not exactly the Rock, but would be reminiscent of corporate Rock a little bit after he kind of got the will of the people behind him and then switched to Vince's side. Um, so if he like switched to Shane McMahon's side, I feel like you, I think you could do something really cool with those two. I'm not stoked on them having a match at WrestleMania together because we've seen it so much. 
um, it'll be a good match. So I can't complain too much, I guess. Yeah, I, I got you. And I, I do. You said something that I keep on zoning in on is of turning Shinsuke Nakamura heel. That seems like it would be a lot of fun at some way, somewhere in the future for them to play out. But I definitely agree with you. Um, how, how do you feel about Jawan? Ju- um, between, you know, the aspect that if they split these two guys up, do you think it might be too soon, or not too soon, but too similar to the Chris Jericho thing? And also, which way would you go? Would you have Sammy be the heel and Kevin be the the uh, borderline babyface, or vice versa? Turn Sammy back to being a super babyface, and Kevin goes completely evil again. Um, I agree with you guys. I would definitely have Sami Zayn take the heel turn. Um, the idea of Kevin Owens being like a modern Stone Cold kind of thing, like a rebel against the authority. Um, I will say this. When he first came in from NXT and kind of wasn't a, a face, he was kind of like a border heel, but the, the crowd loved it, especially him coming in and going right after John Cena. Uh, who the crowd loves to hate. Um, they loved it. They rallied behind it. And then when he won his championship, they rallied behind him even more, only for him to come out the next night and go, I hate you guys. What are you cheering for me for? Uh, so him kind of being like a Stone Cold kind of uh, kind of persona, the, the fans definitely would get behind that a lot. Um, Sami Zayn turning heel and then having like a really awesome feud with Bobby Roode maybe, him going for the U.S. title. Um, you know, for WrestleMania, I think it would be really, really, really good for him, and I'd much rather see that. Uh, have Kevin Owens at the end of AJ Styles and, and Nakamura. If, Nakam- if Nakamura wins, have Kevin Owens come to the, the ring, take him out, make a statement, and then that following Tuesday, he says, you know, I'm coming for these guys or whatever. Um, you know, kind of build that up between the three of them. That'd be a lot of fun. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. The idea of Nakamura as, as, as a heel is something I love. I, I love the idea of that. Um, I feel as though Asuka's on her way to, to doing that, especially if she wins the title at WrestleMania. We may see that a lot sooner than we thought. Um, but, yeah, I'm definitely with you guys. Turn Sami Zayn heel and let Kevin Owens kind of go to that stone-cold rebel against the authority, um, you know, but but is uh, good with the fans kind of persona. Oh, give me a hell, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it'd be interesting, especially <laughs> since Kevin doesn't sound anything like Stone Cold. Um, but, no, I mean, it's funny. Their relationship, uh, KO is a huge Stone Cold mark. Uh, he'll, he'll admit that. He's, but uh, the, the, the crazy thing about it is, like, there was a documentary they had, and it was about the year of Kevin Owens uh, between Smack or between SummerSlam and SummerSlam, and uh, he had a match that he wasn't happy with. I forgot it, off the top of my head what match it was exactly, and everyone else told him that, that he did great, but he was just so hard on himself. And then Stone Cold was like, "Hey, great match, kid," and just texted to him, and his whole entire concept uh, changed completely. Cute little story. I hope everyone had a tear about that. I don't know why I brought it up, but I did. I'm the host. I can I can talk about whatever I want. If I want to talk about candles right now, we'll talk about fucking candles. All right, we're not going to talk <laughs> about candles. We don't have a candle sponsor. All right, anyways, let's uh, continue on with the evening. Owens and Zayn confronted Shane McMahon about the finish backstage, claiming he couldn't let another referee screw them out of the championship. When asked if he'd seen the finish, McMahon smiled and answered, yep. Uh, that was I, I'm over that yep thing. didn't really work for me. Um, 
Next match before the Royal Rumble, the SmackDown Tag Team Championship two out of three falls match. Usos uh, versus Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin. The Usos won the first fall with a double super kick to Gable. Jay Uso quickly rolled up Benjamin in a small package to win the match in two straight falls. Guys, starting with Chris, why why wouldn't they at least let them, you know, have this down to a third? Do you think it was just because they were pressed on time? Because I thought the performances were good. I just kind of thought that it sucked and it really made Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable look like shit. Do you agree? I do, but I also kind of think that they see how the fans are reacting to Chad Gable and the fact that Chad Gable is such a great in-ring performer that they may have something more for him than just a tag team wrestler. So I think it could be just leading to a wrestling match between him and Shelton, which will be great, and then them splitting that tag team up and giving, like, probably around the draft so that you can move Shelton to Raw or move one of them to Raw. But I feel like they see uh, a lot in Chad Gable, and I think that's kind of why they're doing that with the Usos. I don't think they're ready to take the the titles off the Usos. I really do think that they're going to try to have them tie that tag team title record that New Day set and then have the big New Day Usos match. and I, I said that on the predictions uh, with the Usos retaining. So, I uh, I mean, the Usos are doing great work. The people are behind them. Um, it's just really hard to take the titles off the Uso. It's it's the same thing that happened with New Day, where you're doing so well with a tag team. Uh, you you have you can have them beat everyone, and, and and people will be fine with it because they keep putting out great fucking matches. And uh, I think splitting Shelton and Chad would be fine because I feel like Chad Gable could be a huge star, uh, especially like the promos they do on WWE.com with him and Shelton. They're pretty fucking hilarious. Uh, I feel like I always felt like he was the bigger star out of the two um, of the American alphas. So it's, it's going to be interesting. And I think him and Shelton going against each other would, would be very fun. And then you can do, you know, there's so much other stuff you can do with Shelton Benjamin in other places. You can have him be an IC champion or a U.S. champion. Um, Shelton can be a great heel and turn that on if he needs to. And I think Chad Gable could be like the kind of the all-American wrestling baby face with some quips and stuff that they've been looking for if they do it right. They don't push it too hard. If they don't shove it down your throat, I think people will, will get behind Chad Gable. Especially because I think a lot of people think he got looked over um, on the Kurt Angle, Sun Angle, like, I, I feel like a lot of people thought it was going to be Chad Gable, and that's kind of why they were so down on Jason, the Jason Jordan um, kind of deal, uh, which is unfortunate for Jason Jordan. And I think he's made the best of it and done really, really well with uh, Seth Rollins. It's going to be interesting to see what they do when we talk about that match later coming out of it. Uh, but, yeah, that's, I mean, that's my general thoughts. I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say, though. Well, I, I actually I love that concept. Um, you know that I'm a Chad Gable mark. I've been I've been talking about him, and I think the reason why a lot of fans have been talking about him is that match that he had with AJ Styles last year. And shortly after that, they started doing the, you know, Kurt Angle death thing. And I mean, even if you look at, at their face, they kind of look similar to each other. So, I agree with you. I, I think that would be a great way to help out. But I think Shelton Benjamin needs something to do past this. I'm sick of him just being stuck and cornered as a tag team guy. When I stopped watching wrestling, he was one of my favorite wrestlers in the WWE, and he should have been more dominant, I believe, than 
you know, then he got, I mean, he's a multi-time IC champion, tag team champion, I believe U.S. champion. But, you know, I think that he was a world uh world uh, heavyweight champion easily could have gained that. But uh, how do you feel, uh, Juwan, on the concept of this possibly being, a, you know, well, the match itself, obviously, but this being a concept of possibly Chad Gable and Shelton Benjamin slowly splitting up? I love that idea. Um, I, I, I kind of really, really, really want that now. Um, there's a lot of things you could do with Shelton Benjamin after that. And I do agree um, that uh, Chad should get, like, let's say Nakamura uh, wins that at WrestleMania. I'd say maybe, like, two two months down the road, uh, whoever's still the champion at that time, if it is Nakamura, give Chad Gable a chance. Like, have Nakamura issue, like, an open challenge or something like that. Have Chad Gable come out and whether it's shock him and win the title uh, especially if Nakamura is a, a, a heel at that time. Um, I'd love to see Chad Gable with the title. I mean, to me, he gives me the same feel, and I'm not saying they're, they're similar, but he gives me the same feel that I got uh, watching Daniel Bryan. Like, you just want to see this guy win. You want to see him win at every way possible. Uh, I, I agree with Chris. He is hilarious. Um, he has a lot going for him, and he's super talented in the ring. Uh, so he definitely deserves more than a tag team title or a U.S. title. I think they should at some point not bury him and, and think of ideas on how they can get him in a world title uh, opportunity. But as far as the match, uh, it, it's kind of like what, what Chris was saying before. Um, I don't I don't want to say it was that they were pressed on time because it makes it it makes it sound like it makes it seem so horrible. But it somewhat felt like that. Like it was just like. Boom, 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 done. It was just like, oh, damn. Like, okay, I felt like, you know, Shelton Benjamin and, and Gable could have gotten, like, maybe one pinfall. Um, but, yeah, they definitely should, <laughs> should break up. Um, they definitely should break up. I, I honestly thought they were going to get the titles and then, like, uh, you know, right before WrestleMania or at WrestleMania, losing the titles is what would make them split. Um, but obviously they're not going to go that route, so maybe they're going the route of maybe they, they have a feud heading into WrestleMania or something along those lines. I like it. I definitely like it. Um, if they could somehow, you know, uh, have Jason Jordan and Chad Gable eventually have some type of feud in the future, I, if they're ever on the same, obviously they're on the same program again, but that would be a great thing to watch. Um because I, I do admit, I, I do like Jason Jordan. He's definitely grown on me a lot. Um, kind of like Mold, where, well, not like Mold, because now I like it. Uh, I don't know what you, what I would really say for that type of concept. I screwed up that joke. I'm just going to admit it. doesn't matter. So we're going to keep on going, and we're going to start talking about the Royal Rumble. <laughs> Guys, I wanted, I wanted to do this uh, just because there's so much stuff to cover with these Royal Rumbles. We're going to go over the, uh, the surprise on, entrance first. Um, from there... We'll go over the ending, um, and then we'll go winner, and then any other extra spots that you guys can think of off the top of your head that happened in the match you want to bring up. So, first of all, let's let me say that for the surprise on, entrance, uh, they included NXT champion Andrade Cien Almos, Sami Zayn, after Zayn and Owens attack number 10. On er, by the way, Ty Dillinger's number 10 again. All right, he's supposed to be random. That's kind of ridiculous. If you want me to, I believe you. You know, I'm just saying. Maybe I shouldn't complain about stupid shit like that, but I'm just saying. Anyways, then we got the Hurricane, <laughs> Adam Cole, baby, and Rey Mysterio. Um, 
A lot of fun. Uh, not exactly what I thought they were going to do as far as the uh, NXT guys. I thought for sure it was going to be Velveteen Dream and Aleister Black, but I did enjoy seeing um, Andretti Cien Almos, uh, you know, wrestle with Finn Balor. Then they teamed for a while. I don't know if they have any uh, history in the past. Uh, they've both been through uh, New Japan, so it makes sense. But uh, seeing him in there and Adam Cole was a lot of fun. Rey Mysterio looked amazing. He's not as like big as he used to be, but he's like he looked like you took him out of Nitro in 1990 fucking nine. It's it was crazy. Uh, Hurricane, I wish I kept them in a little bit longer, but you know it was kind of like an in and out type of thing. Um, and Sammy, that was completely pointless. Um, not that I really cared if Ty was in it or, or anything like that, but like so it, I guess it's just fuel to for Head and Owens to like talk about. I guess. Uh, but how'd you feel about the surprise? Uh, entrance, uh, Chris. I really uh, I enjoyed most of them outside of the Sami Zayn surprise. Oh, and did they uh, forget they anyone? The, I'm sorry. I, I felt like they kind of whiffed on the Sami Zayn. Uh, they didn't talk enough about it for it to be a big deal. I guess that Kevin Owens can kind of build off that, like you said. And that could that's like fuel to the fire of the breakup, right? So. Uh, I see what they did there. Uh, the Ty Dillinger thing, I kind of wish they would have gave him, like, 11 and then had, like, a segment where he was bitching about the fact that he wasn't 10 just to try to give him a promo or something to get people back behind this character a little bit outside of just chanting 10, you know? Like, because the guy is a good yeah. wrestler. And it would have been really funny to hear him complaining to, like, Shane McMahon or something that, like, he's like, I'm number 11? Really? And then you could have had, like, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn come up and bitch about their match at the same time, and then him say something to them, which led to the attack later, and then basically taking his spot, which is not how the Royal Rumble works, by the way. You can't just beat someone up and take their spot. (laughs) So, technically, Ty Dillinger is still in the Royal Rumble, and so is Curtis Axel. He's not been eliminated yet. So... They can wrestle each other. <laughs> Whoever goes over the top rope gets a shot at the WWE title, I guess. Um, I loved, uh, I, I, I loved, love, love seeing Rey Mysterio show up. I popped when Rey Mysterio showed up because we were talking about who can come back. And when you, I thought of pretty much everyone I could think of because the WWE has signed the majority of all the big indie talent. And for whatever reason, Rey Mysterio did not come to mind. Um, and when he showed up, it was like a huge surprise to me. And my inner kid, like 1996, 1997 WWE fan came out, and I marked the fuck out. I like jumped up with a 619 when he did his intro and shit. I was like, booyaka, booyaka, 619. Oh, I, I mean, I was so happy. And it ruined the rest of the match for me because I knew he wasn't going to win. And I was like, they should have fucking Ray win. What if Ray won and went against Brock Lesnar? That would have been a, that would be fucking amazing. They won't do it. So then I was just pissed off the rest of the match. Like Ray <laughs> versus Brock Lesnar would have been fucking like it'd have been phenomenal. Especially if Ray Mysterio won, and then they put him in the they, they put him in the Hall of Fame the same year, and then he wins the title at Mania and just like you know, drops it later on or whatever. I thought that could have been, a, like, a fucking amazing thing, especially with as big of a surprise Ray Mysterio was. And the fans popped so hard for Ray, and I was so happy because I love Ray Mysterio Jr. He's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Uh, being a little five foot seven motherfucker myself, I really appreciate Ray Mysterio. <laughs> so, 
I love Rey Mysterio Jr. I thought it was awesome. I thought a lot of the surprises they had, like uh, uh, Andretti was great. The only thing I would say about him is I, I wish, uh, is it is it Zelina or Selena Vega? I wish she was more involved, kind of doing some heel shit to get that over more on the NXT side. Because she kind of just walked out with him and then didn't come down to the ring. Like, she could have eliminated someone. That would have been really hilarious. Like, you could have had, you could have had her eliminate uh, Sheamus. That would have been really funny. Uh, no, that was a fun spot with uh, Heath Slater getting an elimination. That was fun. But you could have had her eliminate someone, and that would have built on their character a little bit much. But for the most part, man, I really, really enjoyed the surprise. Uh, the only thing that I would – I mean – it's going to sound crazy, but I kind of wish that John Morrison would have came out because I, I feel like that he could have done some crazy shit in the Royal Rumble, especially with all the parkour stuff he does. Um, the fact that he's not locked into a contract with anyone, that would have been a really big pop. And uh, I also like the, Dol- the Dolph Ziggler surprise at the end. Granted, it wasn't like a huge surprise. Um, I felt like they kind of did him dirty because he didn't really – get much ring time. You didn't get your signature Dolph Ziggler spots in the Royal Rumble. Not that I'm a huge fan of him just doing the Shawn Michaels thing over and over and over again. It would have been nice to see like at least one of them. Um, or at least more super kicks. Like maybe super kicking someone out of the ring like a big guy would have been nice. But as far as surprises go, those are my thoughts. So I'm curious to hear what you guys have. Yeah, dude, I love the John Morrison concept. I mean, shit, what do you even call Johnny Rumble if he came out? For the thing, I mean, he changes his name every fucking place he goes. So, I'm assuming he'd do something clever like that. But yeah, I would, I would have definitely popped if John Morrison came out. Um, Juwan, how do you feel about all the surprises that they had? And do you think that they forgot anyone, or would you have done stuff different? Um, not drastically different. Uh, I was a little disappointed. I, uh, Bobby Lashley didn't come out. Um, I know he wouldn't have won it because I think we all could have assumed that uh, Nakamura probably was going to lock that up. Um, But I would have loved to have seen Bobby Lashley come out. I thought that would have been a lot of fun. Uh, Maybe MVP come out would have been a lot of fun. I I missed that theme song more than anything. Um, But but the surprises were were all, uh, you know, really good to see. Rey Mysterio looking like he took someone else's body was was really – fun to see because the last time we saw him it looked like he should stop wrestling so it was good to see that he kind of has like a new lease on life new body uh looks quicker um it's good to have him back i hope that they do something with him like actually do something with him um and don't just do what i kind of feel like they're going to do and like loop him in with like Kalisto or something stupid like that um but yeah uh i i, I thought the the surprises were pretty good i, I did not like the hurricane one um, I'm sorry. I'm probably the only person who did not enjoy that. Uh, but everything else was really good. I agree with you. I did want to see Alistair Black. Uh, Dane, you're the main reason why I even know who that guy is. Um, so when I saw... Uh, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't know. That, that sounds like a word. <laughs> I can't remember who the guy was that... Uh, Adam Cole. It was Adam Cole that, that came out during the Royal Rumble? Yep. Okay. Um, I totally love the idea of him being in it, but if if you ask me would I prefer him or Alistair Black, I would have definitely preferred to see Alistair Black. Mainly because uh, one of the matches, uh, dream matches I want is Alistair Black versus Finn Balor. I desperately want a match between those two. Wow. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I didn't have a problem outside of Hurricane. 
uh, with any of the other surprises. Uh, Dolph Ziggler did fall a little flat to me. I am a huge fan of Dolph Ziggler. Uh, I agree with Chris. A super kick, like, to someone and then them falling over the ropes would have been really awesome. Give him more of a moment to shine, especially because he's the last entrance. So it's like, you know, have him make a couple of splashes um, would have been really nice. But outside of that, I didn't really have an issue with uh, the, the surprise entrance. I just would have preferred Aleister Black, Bobby Lashley. Yeah, I mean, Bobby Lashley, I'm not – I'm not the biggest fan of his, but I think he would have gotten a huge pop, and he would have been, because of his size, would have been someone fun to throw in that mix. But apparently he's still, uh, it's 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 going more towards WWE, but he was talking to both uh, New Japan and WWE. So wherever he ends up, I'm sure they're going to do something with him, but I, I do agree with you. And uh, apparently from what I've been reading, Rim Stereo, that was a one-off. So I was hoping to mm. see Ray again, but... Maybe in the future they can work something out because I definitely think that he got a huge, a really positive reception. I just wish for Shane um, Helms that they would have done more with him. He's a good in-ring wrestler. He's still working today. It didn't have to be like a stupid joke spot. Like he could have actually had like, you know, tangled up a little bit in the ring. And I don't know. I understand what they have to do. And I'm sure they called him up. They told him what was going to be. And he was like, yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. I'll come down. Or his uh, really, really thick North Carolina accent. I can't do a an accurate impression, but um, all right. So let's talk about uh, towards the end of the match. Um, the final four well, before the final four was a really cool concept that they kind of did right after I think Dolph got eliminated. Whereas the old guard versus the new guard uh, squaring off between Roman Reigns, or was it Roman Reigns, Shinsuke and, uh, and uh, what's it called? AJ Styles. No, no, not AJ Styles. Ballard. I think. Um, yes, Ballard. Ballard. Uh, on the other side of John Cena, Rey Mysterio, and Randy Orton. And then they all went after each other. And then, obviously, Rey and Randy both got eliminated. And then it ended up being John Cena and Roman Reigns, the company guys, the guys that are put over against Finn Balor and Shinsuke, the guys everyone wants to be the top guys. And just, I, I thought it was very, very well done. The whole thing was for, this is one of my favorite Royal Rumbles, honestly. And I've seen a lot of them. But this was, I think, very well done from start to finish. And the fact that they had us really believe that Roman Reigns is about to beat Shinsuke, which is who everyone wanted to win the thing, and Shinsuke got it, was awesome. And so, um, I don't know, I I popped huge. I was very happy with that. Uh, Chris, how were you uh, uh, with the ending? How, How did you like the ending of the Royal Rumble? In the moment or in retrospect? Well, both. I mean, you know, how did you feel in the moment? And then, you know, did you think that they executed it correctly? In the moment, I was absolutely pissed because they had Finn Balor eliminate Rey Mysterio Jr., which is absolute bullshit. Rey Mysterio Jr. was straight, fuck him up. Let's go. No, I'm... <laughs> the Rey Mysterio marks coming out. Uh, I thought it was great. I, I... I thought it was awesome. I, I, I like I liked the old car. I like the old guard versus the new guard. I like the fact that they built on the Philly fans just rioting if Roman Reigns won the motherfucker. And I liked that Sinsuke put him out. I, I thought it was a great finish to a Royal Rumble. It's one of the best that I remember in the past, probably the past five years or so for Royal Rumbles. I, I, I I honestly loved it. I thought it was really good. Other than the fact that Rey Mysterio didn't win and is not facing Brock Lesnar or WrestleMania, which would have been fucking awesome, WWE dumbasses. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And if you're listening out there, WWE, if you guys need some bookers, uh, 
shit, Chris has got your, he's going to help you out. Trust me. Um, Juwan, uh, how'd you feel about the final six into the final four into the winner of the Royal Rumble, Mr. Shinsuke Nakamura? Um, I was actually, I thought the crowd would have went nuts. And I mean, nuts if the final two were Finn Balor and, and uh, Nakamura, mainly because those are the two guys the fan base wants to, to be the guy so badly. So, you know, the fans like, oh, wait, could Finn actually be getting a chance to, to go to WrestleMania against, like, Brock Lesnar? That'd be crazy. And then having, of course, Nakamura end up winning, um, you know, fans would have been fine either way. Having Roman be one of the final two guys, I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. It made me nervous because I'm like, all right, Vince would pull some shit like that. He, he, he really would. And if you think about it, Roman Reigns, as of this moment, has nothing else really going for him. This whole Miz uh, beef that he has, I think we all know that's going to be over very shortly, and that'll kind of start to be like a Finn Balor-Miz kind of thing going forward. So I got really nervous. So in the moment, I was just like, oh, no, please don't do this, Vince. Please, I beg you. And then when Shinsuke got the win, I was like, oh, thank thank goodness. I was like, oh, maybe Triple H was in charge of the Royal Rumble this year and not Vince. So that's why we actually didn't get Roman Reigns uh, winning the thing. Uh, But I did enjoy, uh, like you guys said, the old guard versus the new guard. But I think the – the uh, the building would have went bananas if it was Finn Balor versus Nakamura as the last two, uh, mainly because we want so much more for the both of them. So I think that would have been uh, a lot more fun to, to watch. But I did enjoy um, the ending of the male Royal Rumble, uh, especially because Nakamura won. I find it kind of funny that you would say that because I basically locked Vince in the closet. Um, that was a bad triple H. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, all right. So yeah, so now we have we do have Shinsuke Nakamura. He is the winner, um, along with that concept. Do you guys have any final statements or certain spots that we didn't go over? Now is the time to talk about it, Chris. Final thoughts. The new day was hilarious. Oh the yeah. The new day was hilarious as always. Like the waffle tray <laughs> was pretty damn good. Especially because they later, like, Naomi kind of took his gimmick from a previous year later on in the Women's Rumble, which we'll talk about, which I liked. I, I thought it was entertaining. But it was cool to see, uh, you know, Kofi come up with something funny and different. Um, the New Day were just, they're just fun to watch in that entire match. Um, and outside of that, uh, the only thing I would say is Vince totally booked this Rumble knowing that he could still get Roman to WrestleMania against Brock. So at the Elimination Chamber, Absolutely. we do our predictions, like Roman's winning that motherfucker, and he's going against Brock. So that's the only reason I think we got the finish we got. If SmackDown had the Elimination Chamber, Roman would have won the Royal Rumble. I think it would have been great to see Finn versus Ray in the last – because I think that would have been a very unique thing that you're never going to get again, especially if Ray's just doing one-offs. I think that would have been really cool just to see the the two little like two of the littlest people in that entire fucking Royal Rumble make it to the very end. I think would have been um, just a lot of fun for the fans. And Finn winning would have been really cool. Um, or or Nakamura and Ray, I think would have been really cool. Ooh, Japanese strong style mixed with 
Lucha Libre. That sounds like a lot of fun. But, yeah, I do agree. Uh, Juwan, do you have any final statements or certain spots we didn't go over about the Royal Rumble? And how would you feel about um, Shinsuke being the winner? I love Shinsuke being the winner. Uh, I love it even more uh, once we get to uh, AJ Styles versus uh, Nakamura. Uh, nothing nothing else really to add um, outside of I will disagree with you, Chris. Um, I honestly think they're going to go the route of having John Cena get his uh, hitting that all-time mark uh, as far as winning championships, have him beat Brock at, at WrestleMania, and then having him really pass the torch to Roman Reigns by losing the title to Roman Reigns. That's the direction I see them going in, and it'd be the best one. It's a very bold prediction. Um, but outside of that, I, I, I don't have anything else to add as far as the uh, that Royal Rumble match. Chris, do you have a counter to that? I mean, my counter is that we've been hearing for like months and months and months it was going to be Roman versus Brock. And the fact that John Cena is kind of part-time in doing movies, this Duke Nukem thing coming up, I could see him winning at SummerSlam and dropping it later on um, from Roman. Uh, and also, they haven't really done much with John Cena. So that's my only counter. It would be great to see John Cena win it against Brock, but they've kind of already done that match like three times. So I don't I, I don't know what they're going to do. But that would also be a good alternative to watch, uh, you know, John Cena slay him. But it also kind of makes the rest of your roster look weak if John Cena is able to beat Brock Lesnar. And, you know, Braun wasn't able to do it. Samoa Joe wasn't able to do it. Roman wasn't able to do it. I think it would be. I think having Roman like win, having Roman win takes away the Super Cena aspect of it a little bit, and then he can build to Cena versus Roman later on. Uh, okay, go ahead. Were you about to say something? Oh no, no, I was just gonna say. Um, to me, if you have Roman Reigns beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. I feel as though it's the ultimate form of disrespect to um, to Braun Strowman uh, because Braun Strowman has yeah. buried Roman Reigns like a billion times. So if you're saying, all right, we couldn't have Strowman uh, beat Brock, but we'll have Roman beat Brock. But Strowman always beats Roman. It's just like it wouldn't make any – I won't say it wouldn't make any sense because we do know, and Chris, I won't argue with you uh, at all, we do know that's probably 100% – uh, where they're going to go as far as Roman winning the uh, the chamber and then uh, taking on Brock. So I won't disagree with you on that. I'm just saying if I had to take a, a, a alternative route, I would definitely like the idea of uh, Cena winning it, hitting that all-time mark, and then, you know, dropping it to, to Roman Reigns, ultimately officially passing the torch the same way The Rock kind of ultimately did to Cena. Cena doing to Roman Reigns, but um, that's that's not to say that what you were saying um, isn't is, isn't any less of probably definitely what's going to happen. Yeah, and, and the thing is, I mean, I think that's what the fan I think that's what the fans want. I think that that's what you know. The only way I could see it happening, um, honestly, is if if there's more of these allegations coming out about the whole steroid use, and I, I would never want that for Roman, especially if he didn't do it. But if that stuff happens, I mean, the next person logically has to be uh, Braun Strowman, the year that he's had and how over he is. And if you're watching even the um, the crossover thing with him and uh, Alexa – or um, I forgot the hell her name is. Yeah, Alexa Bliss. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of uh, of charisma as well. So it's like 
I know that Vince has this concept, this itch that Roman Reigns has to be front and center, but if he's the guy in the back, you know, talking to all the guys and rallying them up and being a great wrestler in between, then why can't he be the Undertaker? Why does he have to be John Cena too? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I think Roman is, is great, but, I mean, Braun Strowman is on fire right now. He is lightning in a bottle. His size, his speed, uh, his how comfortable he is on the mic of playing his character and his charisma. I, I just think that it's uh, you know it's, it's wasteful if they do that, uh, if they don't do that honestly. But I think that's going to be inevitably Roman and um, Brock. Uh, did you have another thing to say, Chris? Yeah, the only thing I was going to say as a follow up is I think Roman might be the new WrestleMania record wins wise. I think they might be going down that path, um, especially, you know, beating the Undertaker. So I think he's uh, 2-0 and at WrestleMania, so they could – or he's 2-1, and but they could have him go on a streak um, to try to tie that. Because Roman, Roman's young enough that if he stays in that company, he could probably do it. I don't know that he can do it as a face forever. Uh, I think he got a really good rub from Seth and Dean. And it would be really great if he won the title and actually lost it to Dean or Seth. That would that would be another way to go with it. Um, specifically, like when Dean comes back, if he loses the title to Dean Ambrose, I feel like that you could have a really cool Dean Ambrose Roman Reigns uh, program. Uh, but yeah, like for the most part, I think you know it's just if if Cena wants to wrestle full time, I want whoever has the title to be there. Cena's probably the most stable of those people to be there consistently outside of Roman Reigns because I think if they put the title on him, he'll put in the full-time work. But I I don't know that his heart's in it as much as it used to be. I think he's kind of getting to the rock standpoint of like, yeah, I'll come back and wrestle a couple months and then I'll get out. I honestly see him uh, fighting Elias Sampson at WrestleMania. That's kind of what they've been building to. So I, I fully expect it to be you know, I like a lot Roman, versus, Roman versus Brock, unless the steroid allegation stuff starts raining down. And then I think you get Braun winning the title at WrestleMania, which would be massive. And that's actually what they should do is give Braun was, the if, title if, and if let him have that, a fucking run. Chris, if they're going to do that too, I, I mean, if that happens and they detract and don't, they're like, we can't give you the title now because of this whole entire thing. You could do Roman versus John Cena for another match at Mania um, because they had a great match. They had, that's a Mania equivalent match. Some of the matches, the potential of this WrestleMania could be amazing. Uh, it will probably end up not being like all of us have in our head, though, and just be a lot of what the fucks. But we've got to find out. Either way, we spent enough time on this. Let's move on. We've got a couple more matches, guys. Uh, we got the Raw Tag Team Championship match. The Bar defeated Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan. Jordan was injured with an apparent uh, concussion. It was all work, guys. Don't worry. After being thrown into the ring post, Rollins had to fight the bar alone, and Sheamus was able to connect with a bro kick to win the match and regain the Tag Team Champions. Um, I didn't really care for this match that much. I, I mean, the in-ring work wasn't too bad, just I mean, I I get that they're they're I they're gonna have I think Jason Jordan go against Seth Rollins at Mania is what I'm assuming they're building to, um, but you know first of all the I'm not gonna say it's I'm not you know I got offended but it's a little bit t- you know not 
tasteful to do the whole concussion thing that's like worked uh, when Daniel Bryan can't get in the ring because of your doctor, even though he's been cleared by like 10 different specialists on the field. Um, stuff like that kind of bothered me. And to have two matches technically where you're two guys, uh, it's like a handicap match. It's kind of like the same thing. And I'm, I'm sick of the bar versus Seth Rollins and someone else. I really am. Uh, you know, it was the exact same thing all year, except for before it was the Hardys that was replaced by Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. And now it's, it's Jason Jordan and Seth Rollins. So I'm just kind of getting sick of, I like the bar, but I'm kind of getting sick of the bar too at the same time. Um, I don't know. I, it just seems like there's more tag teams that they're not really working into. Cough, cough, the bar, the revival. Cough, cough. Um, but, Juwan, uh, how did you feel about the tag match? Um, I, yeah, I can't disagree with you at all. Um, honestly, if you're Sheamus and Cesaro, I think Vince is kind of letting you know tag team is kind of where you guys will probably be at for the foreseeable future. Um, which to me is just, just, it's a disgrace. But it goes to why the WWE champion needs to be someone who's on Raw like every week. So then we can get matches of Cesaro and Sheamus being in the WWE uh, title picture. But anyway, uh, the match wasn't bad, um, but the, the outcome was just like, okay, why, I guess. But yeah, like you said before, it looks like... Um, the I can't remember the other guys, uh, not Seamus and Seamus and Cesaro, but the other guys you just said. It looks like they're um, they're, they're primed to have uh, a, a title run coming up for them uh, very soon, um, and, Sa- and Seamus and Cesaro are gonna have to kind of fall to those guys. But the revival, there you go. That's their name, right? Yes. 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 Okay. Perfect. Perfect. Um, so yeah. So that looks like. Honestly, I thought um, when Seth Rollins and Jason Jordan lost the title, I I honestly thought um, Vince was going for the angle of the Balor Club to rack up the belt. So Anderson uh, and whoever the other guy is uh, winning the tag titles and Finn Balor winning the IC title. Gallows, thank you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to disrespect him like that. I apologize. And Finn Balor winning the IC title and (laughs) kind of just letting the Balor Club – you know, take over as far as the the chance. I thought that would have been really awesome. Um, and then down the road, have like uh, Shield versus the Balor Club, where you have maybe Dean versus um, uh, not Dean, uh, Roman versus uh, Balor for the IC title, and then uh, uh, Ra- uh, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose versus um, Gallows and and uh, God, I forgot the other guy's name, but anyway. I thought that's the direction they were going to go in, but it looks like the revival is going to be taking that that role as far as uh, beating the bar. Schmuel was his name. Schmuel actually it was Anderson, um, but yeah, I got what you're saying. Buddy. <laughs> no, and uh, honestly, I mean, if you look at what they what we all kind of were hearing that they were going to do at Mania was at the end of it, it was going to be the bar. You know, Roman Reigns with the world title and uh, whatchamacallit, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins retaining their tag team titles, they all have the belts. Well, now they can't do that, but I love that idea that if, if these rumors are true. Uh, well, also, here's another big thing, guys. Miz, his baby's going to be due possibly like day before or after Mania. So they don't even know what the, how the hell they're going to work that out. But if we're going by the rumor that the, that the Miz is going to be going against Finn Balor, Finn Balor wins the IC titles. 
the you know uh, either the club beats the bar or feuds with the revival or beats the revival and the club have all titles at the end of it and then like you said once Dean Ambrose comes back you can have finally Shield versus the bar or versus the club um, or the Ballot Club which would be awesome um, but I don't know I, I, how did you feel about the tag match uh, itself Chris I I thought Seth Rollins looked like a million bucks. That's that's what I'll say about the tag match. I thought I thought Sheamus and Cesaro looked good. I think they made Seth Rollins look really really good in that match. Um, the the concussion angle I I hate the same as you Dane. I feel like there's he could have faked a knee injury. There's so many other injuries that he could have played off and go in the match other than the concussions. I I am not a big fan of that in general. Um, Especially because he's like Jason Jordan was like really bad at acting like he had a concussion, which made yeah. it worse. It was almost God. like he was mocking it, it. Chris, not to not to mean to cut you off, but is it just me or is it, it besides Okada and um, Johnny Wrestling? Like now, people are really good at doing that whole blank stare concept. Um, and I agree with you. Jason Jordan looked ridiculous while he's doing it. Sorry, I just had to say that. No, yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Uh, I thought the match itself was fine. But, the, I mean, it was basically just to make Seth Rollins look really, really strong. I think it would be hilarious if The Miz got beat with a roll-up by Dean Ambrose with one arm. <laughs> <laughs> and so that he has the title, and he has 90 days to defend it. You give a USC rule. It's like you have 90 days to defend it. So he can't honestly defend it for 90 days until Mania, and then you drop it, and then you can do something like a really cool IT match with people who aren't in the picture necessarily. Uh, maybe even do like a ladder match or something crazy for Mania. Uh, they won't do that, obviously. Uh, so I'm assuming that – I think I, – I agree with you guys completely. I think they're giving the push to Anderson and Gallows, which they should. I think they're probably the best tag team outside – well – Outside the Usos, I think they're the best overall tag team to uh, ring work. And that's not taking away anything from the New Day. I just think the New Day needs to uh, kind of move on to a different thing. Maybe where they're all pushing uh, Big E to the title or a title of some sort. Uh, but I could definitely see the Balor Club uh, walking out as I see. And, you know, because if Roman's going into the Elimination Chamber – He's not going to be focused on Miz's title. I could definitely see Balor picking up that title and then Anderson and Gallows picking up the tag titles and then you get the Balor Club. And uh, hopefully a heel Finn Balor. I feel like he works better as a heel. Outside of him being the demon, I don't think fans are super behind him as a babyface. Like, people really love the demon, but, like, when he was in Japan as a heel, people fucking hated him. And I think that he could still do that and get that over as a smug, almost like Seamus when he did the, uh, I can't remember the name of the group with the international group where he had Alberto Del Rio. I think he could do that, but better, especially with Anderson Gallows on like, you know, next to him as like a little faction, you have room to bring in other, you know, bullet club members. You could, you could even look at like someone like Adam Cole. Like there's a bunch of cool stuff that you can do, with that uh, to make your kind of own Balor club slash bullet club kind of thing, especially now that bullet club seems like it's kind of disbanding in New Japan. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
It'll be interesting to see. Uh, I mean, Finn Balor is a great heel. If you guys want to see some awesome promos, if you want to see how much, like if, if you watch what Finn Balor gives you and you're like, it's stale, I, I swear it's because he's reading dialogue. If you watch Prince Devitt's, you know, promos, not only does he cuss, and he's not allowed to do that over here, but he's got a lot of personality. He's arrogant as shit. He just had like this, he's so cool, and that's, that's why people still liked him, but he was such a prick. So I would definitely recommend um, – you know, like Chris was saying, uh, he, if, if he became a heel, he would do really well as a heel. I'd still want him to tap into the demon every once in a while, but, I mean, I guess that would make sense if the demon's evil as well. So, I don't know. I, they, could, they could figure out something, but they probably screwed up. Let's go to the match before the Women's Royal Rumble, the WWE Universal Championship triple threat match. Brock Lesnar defeated Braun Strowman and Kane in a chaotic match that included Lesnar and Strowman shooting on each other for real. Uh, Lesnar hit Kane with an F5 to retain the Universal Championship. After the match, Strowman stood in the ring screaming, You didn't beat me! at Lesnar. So, uh, wow. Yeah, so at one point in the match, uh, Braun and it, it, I mean, obviously from Braun it was an accident. I don't, I don't think that he was trying to knee Brock as hard as he did, but he completely just nailed him. And to counter that, of course, Brock Lesnar being Brock Lesnar, uh, you know, just nails him in the face, uh, puts him on his ass a little bit. And I went and rewatched the match. The match wasn't the greatest match at all. I mean, well, I mean, it wasn't a bad match. They did a lot of cool spots and stuff like that. But because of some of this type of stuff, it kind of just aggravated me that, that Brock has to kind of like be like that. But he was bitching at him the whole entire time. You could hear them in the ring yelling at each other. Uh, with with the audio, so that happened, and of course we were all right. Kane was there to take the pin. Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar—they're not finished. It just seems like with this that everything's leading to mania with Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman. Um, how'd you feel about the match itself, Chris, and also about some of the stuff that happened between Brock and Braun within the match? Well, I mean, if you stiff Brock Lesnar, you're getting him, and that comes back to him training at OBW. Uh, under Jim Cornette, if you get stiffed, you got to protect yourself. You're going to have to be a dick. I think that he responded well. Um, the only worry was he could have legit knocked out Braun Strowman, which would have made for a really, really bad match. Because uh, he punched the fuck out of him. You can see the skull rattle in that slow-mo replay. Um, but, I mean, he gave him – I mean, in wrestling, that's what's called a receipt, like – Strowman stiffed him with that knee, and he stiffed him with that punch, and then the rest of the match was was clean. Like, they didn't do that shit the rest of the match. They got over it. You know, the rest of the match was, like, just clean-ass wrestling, and it, it was fine. I thought it was kind of short. I honestly thought this match was going to go longer. I think it only went, like, 10 or like ten or 15 minutes. It was somewhere in there. Um, I thought it was good what they did with Strowman being, like, you didn't beat me you didn't pin me kind of thing, but they've done that with Strowman so much. And to be fair, like Lesnar has beaten him. So it takes kind of the wind out of the sails. It's like, yeah, but like, didn't he beat you like four months ago? Clean, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and the entire time I'm seeing this, I was like, this was supposed to be a four way with Samoa Joe. Like the original idea for this to me is Samoa Joe's in there. And maybe Samoa Joe surprise wins the title or something. That's that's what I was thinking. Is like Samoa Joe chokes someone out, and that would have made this match like way better if Samoa Joe choked out Kane, and then you can have Brock Lesnar without the title. You have Samoa Joe with the title on 
Raw, and you still get your Lesnar-Braun match. And then you can have, you know, someone like Finn Balor or someone else win the Royal Rumble to go against Samoa Joe. So I feel like Samoa Joe being injured really fucked up their booking a little bit. Uh, I could be completely wrong. I mean, the plan has been Roman versus Brock, but you should have done Roman versus Brock without the title. And I felt like this this would have been a, a good spot for Samoa Joe to pick up the title, who I think is the best on Raw as far as heels go. Um, probably him and The Miz. And they're not going to put the title on The Miz because they have so many fucking monster characters, like giant Superman, Aquaman-type characters right now. Uh, it's the same problem with Finn Balor. Like, Finn <laughs> Balor with a club is a good thing because Finn Balor can actually win a title if he has, like, gallows. You can make it work. Samoa Joe, yeah. I, I feel like this was a four-way match, and they got split out. And it, it was weird. It was a weird match. But overall, I enjoyed it. It was fun. It's always fun watching these behemoths of man, these, like, monster trucks fight each other, basically. You know, it's like it's like watching a Transformers movie that doesn't suck, which doesn't exist. But if there was a Transformers movie that didn't suck, that would be this match. <laughs> so it was fun. Transformers. So, uh, Jawan, does that mean in this scenario that um, Braun Strowman's Optimus Prime? Um, I wish, because that means he wins at the end of the day. Um, um, As far as the match, uh, I did not enjoy this match. Um, Actually, it's funny that you use Transformers, because I thought this was visual noise. Um, I thought if this match ended in anything outside of Strowman not winning the title, it was as much of a waste of a match as the last Transformers was a waste of a movie. So I did not enjoy the match at all. I will say this. You guys have me re-watching that match to see Brock Lesnar punch the shit out of Strowman. And that, yeah, that... um. <laughs> That reminds me of when uh, Ryback and, uh, and Brock Lesnar got into it, and I think Brock Lesnar gave him a shiner for his troubles. Um, so it kind of reminded me of that a little bit. Um, but I didn't notice it watching it live, but now that you guys said that, I, I went back and I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh, my God, he got the shit out of that guy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, outside of that, like Dane said, it had some good spots, like guys going through tables, tables not really breaking, then breaking. Um, but yeah, they had some good spots, but really it was just visual noise. Um, and I didn't enjoy it at all, especially with Strowman not walking out as champion. And as far as what you were saying, Chris, of, excuse me, uh, they're building for Roman versus, um, Lesnar. Uh, I was waiting until we got to this match to bring it up, but that confuses me because it seems like you're building for Strowman versus uh, Lesnar, because it's like every chance Strowman and Lesnar get, uh, you know, within, uh, you know, being in the same ring with each other, it always seems like they're building for something more. And WrestleMania seems like the ultimate place for these two animals to just go crazy um, and, and to finally settle the score between uh, who's uh, who's better between the two. I think if you do a, a Reigns versus Lesnar, the crowd's not really going to be put over that much, especially if Roman wins. Um, so I think you giving Braun Strowman that opportunity and giving him the title, that would make for an amazing WrestleMania moment. Um, but like, again, like we said before, knowing Vince, Reigns versus Lesnar is probably exactly what's going to happen. 
Oh, I mean, unfortunately, that's the thing. It's like, I agree with you. I mean, every time that they have these two interact, it's like, I'm not finished with you at. I wish Brock was like, yeah, bitch, you are, because Roman's taking on me at fucking Mania. So I don't know why the hell, you know. I mean, even if they have him go against Brock later on, you know, leading to him beating Roman to get the title, if they're, if they're going to do something like that with Braun, don't keep the fucking title on Roman all year. I will punch myself in the face. Oh, God, I just thought about that concept. But anyways, they do something along those lines where, um, you know, Brock and Braun, finally Braun beats him, and then maybe that's to go against, uh, to get a title shot against Roman. I don't know. I don't know how long Brock's going to, like, you know, hang around afterwards, but everything that they're doing on the shows make it lead to believe that it's going to be Brock versus Braun. But Vince is a crazy 73-year-old, 74-year-old man, and he's going to do whatever the fuck he wants. And we're going to have to get whatever his final product is. But, um... Kind of disappointing, but what are you going to do? Um, let's go over this, this women's uh, Royal Rumble. I was really happy that they did the, the women's Royal Rumble last, and they didn't make a big deal of it. Um, I'm happy that they didn't have to keep on like saying, we're doing it last. We're going to do the first ever women's Royal Rumble last. No, they just did it. They had faith in the concept, and it ended up being a, another fun match. Um, we'll get into some of the uh, surprise uh, entrants. Uh, that worked, and some of them that really just, you know, they they didn't. They didn't at all. But let me get a list of some of the surprise entrants right now so we can go over that first. Uh, Lita, uh, Kairi Sane, uh, who won the uh, Mae Young uh, Classic. She's in the NXT. Uh, if anyone didn't know her, she's awesome. Definitely check her out. Uh, Tori Wilson, Molly Holly, which is great because Molly Holly straight up lied to everyone. was like, I didn't even know. It must be a rumor. And this was like two days before the actual thing. Michelle McCool, uh, Mrs. Undertaker, Vicky Guerrero, Kelly Kelly, Jacqueline, Amber Moon, um, Beth Phoenix, the Bella Twins, and Trish Stratus. Um, wow, Trish Stratus is the Rey Mysterio of this match. My God, that woman didn't age and lose any in-ring skills at all, I don't think. She was great. Um, I really would say that I think it was Lance Storm who pointed this out. One of the problems I think some of the ladies had, this is the last match you're putting on. Uh, the ropes usually stack up about six feet high. They could have, like, you know, in between, kind of went up there and adjusted them a little bit lower uh, to make it, you know, easier for the woman to get out of the ring. Uh, but, like, the clunkiness happened with some of the divas. I'm going to say diva, not so much, you know, from a woman's wrestler, but, like, Kelly Kelly. Holy shit. Um, I'm not, Michelle McCool actually was pretty good for the most part. Um, uh, Tori Wilson, just, I mean, you look great, but I don't know why you were there, honestly. Lita really did well, but then she did that moonsault, and I was so scared that she was going to break her neck. Luckily, that worked out. Molly Holly looked great. I uh, love the spot with Vicky Guerrero. Um, Jacqueline was wasted. She's kind of pulled like how Shane Helms was. She was in and then right out. Ember Moon, I'm glad that she was uh, nursing her arm and kind of working that whole angle from winning the night before against Shannon Baszler. Uh, kind of made me wonder, like, why the hell they would put you in there. But I guess if they put the champion in men's, they're going to do in the, the women's too. I was really expecting Nikki Cross or Peyton Royce to be that person. But I did enjoy seeing Ember Moon. Beth Phoenix was awesome. Uh, when she went against Nia Jax, uh, it was great. I love that Natalia actually was the one who eliminated her. Uh, a lot of fun. I love seeing the Bella Twins especially some of the stuff that happened towards the end of the match. Um, and, uh, yeah, and Trish Stratus, I already said that. Trish was incredible. Chris, how did you feel about these lovely ladies that joined the other participants? Oh, my God. Trish Stratus 
literally showed that she was the best wrestler in that match, in my opinion. I, I love Asuka. I love Carrie Zane. When she came in that ring, there was such electricity. Every move she did was crisp, especially for someone that hasn't wrestled in years. She looked phenomenal. I thought Lita was a good added touch. She kind of looked like what I would ex- – like, that's kind of what I expect for someone that hasn't wrestled in years. It's more like Trish went and worked out for, like, three months in a gym and trained and got into the ring. And you're like, damn, I forgot how good Trish was. And and that moment she had with uh, Mickey James in the center of the ring was fucking great. I honestly loved it. The inside of me marked out a little bit, having a huge crush on both of them. I got really excited. It, it was a fun, it was really fun. It was really cool seeing uh, you know Kari Zane uh, show up and hit those three crescent elbow drops. I think that's a it was a phenomenal spot for her. People like oh I need to check her out because that. That move looks so great. She's got, like, one of the greatest elbow drops I've ever seen. Um, I usually shit on bad elbow drops, CM Punk. Uh, but <laughs> we'll give some praise to a good elbow drop. Uh, and, I mean, it was it was legitimately, like, really phenomenal to see her in there. Uh, I'm kind of with you. I would have loved to have seen some more of the NXT stars. Uh, like... My only thing about was it was it uh, Kelly Kelly? She just did that hang on the rope luchador gimmick for a long time, like you know uh, Andrade uh, Cienamos does, where he like crouches between the two ropes and like hangs his butt out of one end when he gets thrown into him. It seems like she did that the entire match. Like I I didn't see her <laughs> hit an offensive move. Uh, there was some bad stuff in there, but overall it was just really exciting to see Trish and Lita. And Molly Holly was great. Someone saved her life. I don't remember who she hit that flip on, you know, the Molly flip that she does. I don't know who did it, where it's like a, a flip into the West Coast pop, which is what uh, Sasha and Rey Mysterio does. Someone caught her knee in their arm and saved her from, like, ripping her knee off because she almost landed really badly. So that was a scary moment. But overall, man, this Royal Rumble was a lot of fun. I think I had more, like... Outside of Rey Mysterio and me being a huge mark, I think this Royal Rumble was more fun than the male Royal Rumble, at least for me, because it's really good to see the women shine. I thought Sasha did a great uh, great job beginning to end, but the, supp- the surprise entrance yeah. I thought were phenomenal. Getting Trish there, especially because her last thing was with Snooki, was, was pretty great. Honestly, I was so hyped for it. And she came out with such fire. It was it was incredible. And you're like, dude, Tris versus Charlotte, please. Instead of Ronda versus Charlotte, can I please get Tris versus Charlotte? Like the best of the best. Oh, like, man. That would be way better. Don't, don't, like as a wrestling fan. I mean, I love Ronda. Me. Like, I love Ronda Rousey. I, I, you know, I think that she's a big draw for WWE. I think she'll do a lot of good things. But like, instead of that, can I get Trish Stratus versus Charlotte Flair? Because it'd be fucking phenomenal. Um, so yeah. that's how I felt about it. I, I was excited for the most part. Michelle McCool did uh, way better than I actually expected because uh, I was never a huge fan of hers. Um, Vicky Guerrero was fine, minus. Like, I think that uh, Excuse Me went on way too long. And it would have been good if she had the same pop spot as, uh, like, Heath Slater 
where she got attacked while saying excuse me and then clotheslined someone out of the ring or something. I think that would have been a like just a fun like ha 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 kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, other than that, man, the surprise entrance the, the surprise entrance were were a lot of fun in the women's match, and I was really glad. The only one that I kind of hoped for that didn't happen was Ivory. Because I feel like Ivory is very underrated, especially uh, because she did so Absolutely. much wow, uh, and did so much in the WWE in general. I think she would have been a great one. Awesome Kong would have been another great one too. They could have gotten her and Nia Jax to square off. That would have been a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. Ivory is another person. I just feel Kelly Kelly and Tori Wilson had no business being in there. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying they they showed. Uh, that I was right. And it just seems really funny that they stayed in there longer than Jackie did, who's uh, who still looks in amazing shape for her age. Uh, but still, I mean, this was a dream Royal Rumble for, for women's wrestlers because you had literally like pretty much all the big names from today and yesteryear. And, you know, that was a lot of fun. How did you enjoy marking out to this, Juwan? Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I can honestly say the only entrance that shocked me um, were the Bellas, uh, mainly because um, I just didn't – I thought one of them would enter. Um, I didn't think they both would because I I, I recall one of them had neck issues, and um, I kept thinking, like, all right, well, whichever one that one was, um, she's not going to risk anything. Um, you know, especially for, for this, just having one of the Bellas in there would be good enough. Uh, so the fact that they were both in it is what shocked me. Everyone else, I kind of just, I got the feel of when I saw them on the, uh, the Raw anniversary, that there'd be a chance that at least one or two of them would pop up in the, uh, the Royal Rumble. So to see as many as we did, and I agree, Dane, I don't think you're being mean at all. I don't think anyone can say, oh, you know what Tori Wilson and Kelly Kelly uh, you know what great impact they had on the wrestling game? They were amazing in ring talents. Like I don't think anyone can say that. So I, I think I don't think it's mean at all to say that. Uh, you know they they took up spots that Nikki Cross could have had or, or someone else could have had. Um, so I don't think that's mean at all. So I wanted to show show you support on. I didn't get why they were a part of it at all. Um, I was looking for Melina, uh, who I thought was pretty good in the ring. Um, and like you said, uh, Dane, also Kong would have been amazing. That would have been just like, all right, we need that to be a WrestleMania match, even if it's just like a, a pre-show match. Just awesome Kong versus uh, uh, Nia Jax. That would have been amazing to watch. Uh, would have scared the hell out of me because uh, Nia Jax scares me just with anybody. Um, but I will say, uh, as much as I love Lita, she is like uh, my all-time crush. Uh, meeting her and getting her to sign my lunchbox as a kid was like the ultimate thing for me. Um, she did scare me when she did that moonsault. I was like, yeah, don't do that again. Stick to the twist of fate. Do not get on those turnbuckles anymore. Um, Sasha Banks definitely put on the show. She was really good uh, in this match also. Um, but as far as your question on, on the uh, surprise entrance, the Bellas shocked me the most. And um, Trish Stratus, like you said, Chris, her and Charlotte would be amazing. I originally was, was saying, and even Stephanie McMahon said it during the match, um, Sasha Banks and Lita. But as I saw Lita wrestle, I was just like, yeah, maybe like a prime Lita 
versus Sasha Banks would have been uh, box office. But now, no, I don't know if I want to see that uh, with those two, especially because Sasha scares me sometimes. And Lita just looks like she's she's definitely too old to to wrestle wrestle again. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the surprise entrance that we got minus Kelly Kelly and, and Trish Stratus. I'm not Trish Stratus. I'm sorry, Tori Wilson. Yeah, I I just I just think Lita has some ring rust because the funny thing is between her and Trish, she's had in ring stuff on the Indies that she's done the last couple of years off and on. So. Um, yeah, you know, it, it definitely happens, but, uh, yeah, I, I agree. If, if this shows with both Rey Mysterio and Trish, that if they wanted to come back and have a damn good run, they showed off that the crowd loves them still, and they can still perform to a same or a similar level that they were back, you know, fucking 10 years ago, which is crazy. Um, but uh, let's let's go over the ending of the match. Uh, the Bella Twins. I don't know. Okay, so the final four were Sasha Banks, Asuka, and the Bellas. Bella Twins. It, they were all teaming up against Asuka, and then Sasha started ordering the Bellas around, which is not going to work with the friggin' Bella Twins. So they teamed up, eliminated Banks, um, and then uh, Nikki betrayed uh, Bree, which was so great and so Nikki that she took her out uh, with a forearm. And then Asuka was able to kick Nikki off the apron to win the match and become the winner of the first ever women's Royal Rumble match. A uh, couple things to throw in for the uh, to wrap this up, guys, for the Royal Rumble. Um, so yes, Asuka won. Uh, we'll talk about the Ronda Rousey thing afterwards, uh, which was awesome. Um, it, it was also if you guys have any spots you want to talk about, and I just I thought it was very strange. Yeah, I loved it what happened with Vic Vicky. But it seemed like all the, the girls that had significant others, obviously, like, you know, um, to someone else, they, they chanted that, that the, the, the guy's name, uh, which, you know, everyone was saying John Cena for Nikki and uh, Undertaker for when Michelle McCool. Just kind of uh, random. Um, you know, you probably just say their names, guys. Just, just saying. I'm not trying to be a pain in the ass. But, uh, you know, I don't think anyone did that with Beth Phoenix with Edge. But, uh do you have any last uh, statements about, you know, Oscar winning it? Uh, anything that happened spot wise, Chris? I will say this about the chance. Don't be an asshole. Like these people are still in way better shape than you and taking like a lot of punishment, whether you appreciate what they did in the wrestling business or not. Don't chant undertaker at Michelle McCool. Like that's not, it's not fun. Like don't just because they are, married to that person or engaged to that person like respect them as athletes and what they're trying to do they're trying to put on a good show like that kind of pissed me off I guess because like even though I'm not a huge Michelle McCool fan like she's out there trying her best and like you're chanting that shit you like you're a fucking mark if you're chanting that I'm sorry like and you're not only a mark like I'm a mark but you're a shitty mark like you're being a shitty person don't do that like um, so outside of that, like you were saying, with like you're chanting the guys' names or whatever, uh, my favorite spot of the match, I thought the ending of the match was really great where they fought on the apron. I haven't seen anyone do that in Royal Rumble that I can remember. And Oscar winning by kicking, uh, you know, Nikki's leg out from under her. I thought that was, I thought that was like the great spot. Uh, Trish hitting the double, uh, God, I can't think of the – it's the Rope Bulldog. It's basically a Tornado DD, yeah. but uh, the Stratisfaction. There you go. I thought that was really cool. I think Trish coming out in general was a huge moment because I honestly didn't – with her having two kids and being more laid back, and she was just 
fucking phenomenal from start to finish in that match. And she had so much more in the tank. <laughs> and they got to convince her to at least do, like, her and Charlotte. Like, because I think her and Charlotte, like, to me, when you talk about the women's title and the women's revolution, you have a bunch of great wrestlers, and then you have the Divas division, which kind of brought things down. Not that all the Divas were bad, but you have, like, Jackie, you have Ivory, you have Molly Holly, you have Trish, you have Mickey James, you have Lita. And I think they were the originators of making that shit seriously. And then you have people like Tori Wilson and Stacey Keebler, and, like, that gets into the weird broad panties thing of the 90s, which is, like, or early 2000s, which is just terrible for women's wrestling. Um, so it was exciting to see, like, that they went with, you know, they kind of went half and half, um, and it, it wasn't gimmicked as much. But, like, overall, like I said, I, I really enjoyed this Royal Rumble. I, I would have loved to have seen Awesome Kong or Karma, in WWE, I think that would have been great. Her like her eliminating eliminating Nia only to get put out would have been really really fun. Um, and it really made me miss Bull Nakano when I see when I see Nia Jax, I'm like, man, what a fucking awesome match that would be. Bull Nakano for from New Japan or All Japan, yeah. Wrestling Nia Jax would be awesome. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was a lot of fun. My favorite spot definitely was the way that. Uh, one, Brie getting eliminated by her own sister, which totally feeds into Total Divas, and they'll probably have something about it on there, which I thought was fun, because I like my wife likes Total Divas, and I'll watch it with her some fun. And uh, that spot was cool. Sasha getting eliminated, like her trying to convince the Bellas to help her and then trying to take liberties with them was kind of hilarious uh, when they tossed her ass out after being like the number one like lasting that long. And then, you know, of course, Oscar winning it was, was fucking phenomenal. So, uh, and especially because I had never seen them do a finish on the apron. I could be wrong. They may have done it before, but that finish on the apron was very, very, very creative, at least in my opinion. I, I mean, I could be completely wrong. They may have done it before, but I do not recall a Royal Rumble where someone just kicked the leg out of their leg, as Owen Hart would say. And uh, made them fall to the ground. I thought I thought it was a really really cool finish. I'm not sure either, but yeah, I, I do agree with you. And um, I'm not saying that I popped because I was wondering how that was going to play out on the next Bella uh, season at all. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> bullshit. Screw total Bellas. Anyways, uh, Juwan, I don't watch that show. I, I don't. Um, uh, any any last statements about this match? Uh, all I have to say is no one's ready for Oscar. That's that's all I have to say. Huge Oscar fan. Glad she won, and I'm super ready for her to go and take the title at WrestleMania. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, guys, of course, this didn't end the whole entire thing. Afterwards, uh, you know, you had Alexa Bliss come in the ring. You had Charlotte Flair come in the ring. By the way, also I just want to say Stephanie was horrible on commentary the whole entire time. And Stephanie's not always bad on commentary, but, uh, you know, she's actually, she can usually sometimes add to it uh, in the past. And she was just bad. I mean, it was, uh, we get it. She was like, she was like, this is the first, she said it like 6,000 times in different ways. It's like, we get it. It's kind of like how um, 
uh, Jawan on uh, the Flash when Iris is like, hashtag women's revolution. It's like, all right, we get it. Shut up. Like, I, I, I love women. You know, I, I think that's great. Quit hammering it. You're making a corporate product. Let it be itself. It's, you know, I, I don't know. Anyways, I, I, uh, basically, so both champions are in the ring. Um, you know, and Oscar is going to be making her choice of who she wants to go against between Alexa and Charlotte. Um, and then Joan Jett, I don't give a damn about my, my motherfucking generation comes on, which is Ronda Rousey's, uh, music in, um, UFC. Um, that's not what the song is uh, called, which, bro. Whatever. Bad, bad, what, bad, reputation. Bad, bad reputation. Bad reputation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tomato tamale, whatever. Anyways. But uh, yeah, yeah. So that comes on. Bad Reputation comes on, which is an awesome song. She comes out. I'm, I'm so glad that Marks just don't know what the hell they're talking about. Oh, man, it's so disrespectful to Roddy Roddy Piper wearing some stupid jacket. Uh, actually, that was his jacket that she got from his son, who actually came to there, to Philly, to give it to her, basically. Um, and uh, she's a huge Roddy Roddy Piper fan. She was actually, she knew him, and that was her favorite wrestler. Because I think Ronda is about our age, uh, Chris. So, yeah, she, that was her favorite wrestler. You know, I'm probably more on Nitro, I'm assuming. But still, it's Roddy Roddy Piper. It's Roddy Ronda Rousey. That's a whole gimmick. Uh, she came down. She looked, she looked uh, very happy. Um, I liked that aspect of it. She looked happy. She looked like she had to be there. Guys, this is about as vague as Undertaker's, I think, retirement speech at Raw 25. I have no clue what the fuck's going on in the future. She comes out. <laughs> she points at WrestleMania. She comes in the ring. She tries to shake Asuka's hand. Asuka slaps her hand out of the way. She looks at Charlotte. She points at WrestleMania. She looks at Alexa. She points at WrestleMania. Thinks she did the same thing. And then she went over to Stephanie. Stephanie's all pissed she's there uh, and points at WrestleMania. Why, why the hell didn't she have a mic? Why wasn't there something? I know that we're waiting on this, but soon to find out, she is saying she's going to be full-time after the movie she uh, is done that she's filming right now, um, which is the reason why she wasn't on SmackDown. She's going to be, this is going to be her life. She's been doing this. Um, we all knew that she's been, uh, you know, working with Brian Kendrick uh, for a while, getting good at wrestling. And, and, you know, so she'll be incorporated into the product. How do you guys feel about that? Do you think that it stole a little bit of the spotlight away from Oscar winning the Royal Rumble? And um, where does Ronda Rousey get to go right to front and center after, you know, she wasn't even involved in the Royal Rumble? How do you think they would do that, play that out, uh, you know, booking-wise? Uh, Chris? Okay, so you mean her going straight to, to – well, Oscar won, so she's going against – whoever wins the Elimination Chamber match. So if you put her on SmackDown, you just have her demolish the roster. They'll probably do a six-pack battle royal and have her win some matches in between there. But my assumption is she's just going to demolish whoever she faces. And I would do it really quickly with Ronda um, so that you actually get to see her wrestle in the WrestleMania event because I I feel like uh, it'll be more special if she does that. Um. But, like, if she just, like, straight arm bars everyone that she comes to or, or does, like, some, you know, some sort of MMA hold where she just takes them out, like, immediately, whoever she faces. And then she, like, faces, you know, Charlotte, and you have an actual wrestling match. I will say this. Brian Kendrick is a fucking great wrestler. And if he's training her, yep. I'm sure that she's ready. Um, uh, even if you watch, like, Pete Dunne and stuff, like, the uh, finger break stuff, Brian Kendrick's been doing for a long time. Not that he's the only person that's ever done it, but uh, 
uh, a lot of that style that Pete Dunn rocks, Brian Kendrick does, and that's interesting to me, and I think it fits her character very well. The whole thing with the Roddy Piper, to me, is you have to be able to talk, and I'm not 100% sure that they're going to be like, it's Rowdy Ronda Rousey. And to me, like, you know, Roddy Piper was a badass, and he had some good matches and stuff, but he was more known for his promos than he was his matches. It's not that Roddy Piper had bad matches or anything. Roddy Piper had, like, pretty great. Like, him and Goldust, for instance, uh, that that brawl was great. Uh, even though it, you know, it, it fed a little bit off some of the movies he had been in, et cetera. But you have to be able to talk. And, like, you give this big, rowdy, like, rowdy Ronda Rousey, and then she doesn't get the mic. And I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> she doesn't have anything to say, like. <laughs> It was really weird. Like, if you're like Rowdy Piper would have some shit to say. Um, I did like Oscar slapping her hand away, being like, "Bitch, get the fuck out of out of here," because that could be money in the future. There was things I liked about it, and there was things I disliked about it. The thing, it's, it has nothing to do with the fact that she wore his coat. I actually thought that was kind of sweet, like a sweet gesture, if especially if you're going to go with like her nickname was, you know. Rowdy Ronda Rousey, which makes sense. And I thought it was really cool that she rocked, you know, Roddy Piper's uh, jacket. I thought that was cool, in my opinion. I mean, other people may fucking hate it or whatever. I I honestly don't give a shit. Hit me on Twitter. (laughs) But I I liked it. I thought it was kind of cool. I just wish that she would have grabbed the mic and said something kind of profound on what she was doing. Because what it led us to is like, well, is she on Raw or is she on SmackDown? Is she going to fight Asuka or is she going to fight Charlotte? Um, And I hate that kind of shit. Because you don't know where she's going, and you know she's going to demolish whoever she faces. So hopefully it's not Becky. Hopefully it's – because, I mean, like, eventually she is going to leave unless she's full-timing this, which I'm not 100% sure of. Uh. So it's going to hurt whoever's on SmackDown on, on that female roster, which would be Naomi. Probably Carmella, who might cash in at WrestleMania, I'm guessing. She has to cash in before oh, Money in the Bank. God. So it's going to be I weird. I thought about Carmella. <laughs> Dude, that whole, that whole thing that happened with uh, Carmella almost cashing in, that was pretty funny. That was an awesome segment, I thought. Um I thought it was funny. I, I, I really did, Carmella. You just brought that up. But, um, yeah, I, I agree. She has to have those aspects. And, you know, she knows some good guys in the industry that know how to run the mic between Chelsea Sonnen and uh, Conor McGregor had some great words. Not only did he admit that he watched the Royal Rumble, which is the first nice thing he's actually said about wrestling, uh, which we all know he does. He just likes to talk a lot of shit. But he also said he was really happy for Ronda Rousey. But, like, seriously, I would literally be going to guys like that or even, like, The Miz and, like, trying to get it help because you're right that's going to be if you're going to present yourself as rowdy ronda rousey do the same lettering as him you know you need to have certain aspects and chelsea Sullivan definitely has a lot of influence from rowdy Wright piper so maybe he can help her out in that in that department itself um how do you feel about the ending juan with ronda, uh, rowdy ronda rousey and how she rouse never mind um i enjoyed it a lot and what it reminded me of is something that i've missed in these royal rumbles um for years now, and that's one of my favorite uh, moments, like, because of the Royal Rumble, was when Undertaker won it, and then I believe that very next night, Bobby Lashley, who was the ECW champion, 
I think it was Batista and John Cena were all on Raw, and Taker was kind of staring down all three of them before he picked Batista to be the guy that he chose to uh, face at WrestleMania. And Ronda Rousey had that kind of moment, but I miss that. I miss whoever wins the Royal Rumble, it not being, like, super obvious who they're going to face at WrestleMania. Like, I, I love the idea of, of us still not knowing like, who Ronda Rousey is going to end up facing at Royal Rumble. I, I mean, at WrestleMania, I'm sorry. Uh, and I love how much, uh, you know, I, I love the, the, the secrecy of that. And I love how much fun that is. I uh, wish we can get that more from, like, the males. Like, whoever wins the Royal Rumble, uh, the two champions from both shows kind of line up. Um, and you have no idea who they choose to face. Um, you can get some really good matches out of stuff like that rather than it being like, all right, well, he's on Raw, so it's like it's more it's more likely he's going to end up facing somebody from Raw. Um, I hate the idea of that. Um, but, yeah, I enjoyed uh, Ronda Rousey uh, coming out. It definitely surprised me. Um, I'm glad she's here, and I agree with you guys. She is like she can't be Gail Godot in, in uh, Dawn of Justice. We need to hear more from her. We need to know that she can carry being on the microphone, um, and I hope she does live up to that um, because if she's going to be like this huge beast kind of figure, like a female Brock Lesnar, um, I don't think she needs a mouthpiece, but, you know, if she does, there is someone out there named Paul Heyman that can help her if she needs it, um, but hopefully she can get it done on her own. Um, and I do believe she's going to be, like, full-time, full-time, because I think the deal she signed was, like, for, I think, like, seven years, uh, between five and seven years. So I think she's going to be super committed to this. Uh, this isn't something she's using to get uh, notoriety back to just go to MMA. I think she's real. her heart's really in wrestling, um, so I hope we just get the best of her from this, and I'm excited to see when we see her next. Well, and, you know, I, I completely agree with you. Actually, I don't remember the extent of her contract, but I know for a fact she said she's going full-time uh, with, within there. So she has a multi um, couple of years with the company. So that, that, that's crazy in retrospect that, I mean, they're going to get her to be good. Um, you know, she's an attraction. Um, I think she's going to add a lot. Um of course, I've, I've dealt with uh, certain people, even on our page, uh, that like to trash um, – well, Juwan knows who I'm talking about. But um, likes to trash Ronda Rousey. Um, I, I just find it kind of pathetic when it comes to, you know, me being a boxing fan, an MMA fan. It's just like as soon as – all right, look, all these guys talk a lot of shit. John Jones, Mayweather, uh, Tyson. It's because they were good. And, yes, eventually they'll get on your nerves once in a while, and then they'll get exposed – but that doesn't mean all of a sudden all the work they've had previous, now they're a shitty athlete and there has been stuff like that. Like Chuck Liddell is another example. Like I've always liked the fighters I've liked. And once they're past their prime, they're past their prime, you know, but that's been in fighting shit since Muhammad Ali borrowed it from freaking gorgeous George and wrestling. Um, you know, I mean, that's just part of these, these things between MMA wrestling and, 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 uh, and boxing. And, the fans kind of piss me off. They're very wishy-washy sometimes. And I think Ronda is going to be a great attraction, bring a lot of heads to the women's division, which all of them know that. And it's, it's going to end up being good. But um, we cut through Royal Rumble. It took us a little while, but, you know, it was a really, really good review, I think. Um, before we go into TakeOver, Juwan, thank you so much for joining us tonight, dude. And um, it's good talking to you. You should come on uh, more often. Piece of shit. Absolutely. I will do that, guys.
Love you, Juwan. Love you guys, too. I enjoyed being on the show, and I will promise to be on the show more going forward. I just I, – I don't watch Raw and SmackDown uh, as consistently as I should. That's why I haven't been before, but that will change. You're probably not missing anything. <laughs> That's what I kept watch. saying to myself. Watch we don't even review it hardly anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we'll get you and Joel on. Uh, the two of you guys kind of go over it because, you know, we always talk about wrestling over at Keep Fighters Nation. But, uh, Joel, yeah, um, you can let yourself out, sir, but it was good having you, and I'll talk to you later on this week. Yes, sir, Saturday night. See you, guys. See Saturday you night, guys. Definitely listen to a – a different night, we're doing Geek Vibes Live. Uh, it's going to be on Saturday because of the Super Bowl. So we're going to be going over a lot of stuff movie-wise. Might even touch up on some Oscar stuff. I don't know. I know a lot of people were supposed to hate the Oscars. I have no idea. I'm just, I don't like trends. Anyways, uh, Chris, let's go over another amazing pay-per-view. Uh, we're not going to be doing the list this week, guys. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hit that back up next week. Um, I'm going to try to hit the New Japan stuff, try to like wrap up with that real quickly. And uh, Ron SmackDown, we won't be covering that like usual. Not a lot of great stuff happened. Finn Balor lost for no fucking reason to John Cena. He seemed like he had a panic attack. Um, Not a lot happened with Jason Jordan or Seth Rollins. Um, And SmackDown was very unmemorable. They had really bad graphics. That's what I remember from it. Uh, And also, when you're having the Usos cut a really amazing promo, hey, put up graphics of them in a jail cell since one of them just got arrested for a DUI. Thanks, WWE. Whoever you got from freaking Full Sail that's been in there for about a half semester to do your damn graphics, fire them. Uh, Raw looks really good, though. I don't know why the hell you downsize that. There, that's Raw on SmackDown. Let's go over to NXT TakeOver, Chris. All right, NXT Tag Team Championship match. The Undisputed Era, uh, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly defeated the Austin of Pain. Kyle O'Reilly rolled up Akum for a fresh pin after... I come inevitably crashed into Rizar as they went for the super collider finisher move. This is a really cool, actually, uh, spot was the ending. I don't remember that much else from the match. Uh, I actually watched every other match besides this one, I think. Oh, and the, uh, the Velveteen Dream match, uh, but we'll get to that. Um, but the spot itself of they're going to do the super collider, and then one of them, you know, pushed the other one out, and then the other one rolled up. Uh, I, I thought it was really, really well done. Uh, obviously, they're going to keep it on Undisputed Error. I thought we were going to see the Authors of Pain, uh, you know, leave that and come up on Raw or SmackDown. Obviously, I'm wrong. Maybe they're keeping them around to go against War Machine to have, like, that type of thing going on, and then they'll go up. Um, how did you feel about this match, Chris? I thought this was a great tag team match. I really did. Uh, I loved everything about it. I loved the fact that Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish went toe-to-toe with the authors of pain, which I didn't expect. I expected them to do a bunch of running around and not fist fight as much within the match itself. Um, the ending was great. Uh, I, it was just very surprising. Like I was very surprised on how they booked this match. I thought it was very, very well done. Uh, it sucks. Authors of pain lost. I'm a huge authors of pain fan. I think they can be a really big tag team. Um, on the main roster, but at the same time, the undisputed error, like the fans are really behind them right now in NXT. It makes sense for them to keep the title. I love this match. I thought it was a great tag team match. I think this is a tag team match that a lot of people should watch and kind of 
evaluate how they feel about tag team wrestling because a lot of people don't like tag team wrestling, but this, I, I felt like this was a really, really good match. It wasn't the best I've ever seen, but it, it was a lot of fun. I thought the booking was really, really well done. And uh, overall, like watching the Undisputed Era beat the Authors of Pain like clean was was kind of great. I, I enjoyed it a lot. I, I, I want to know how you feel, Dane. Honestly, I, I, I think I need to rewatch this one because I think I was partially paying attention to it. I did like the spots that I saw, but, you know, everyone's raved about, I mean, even Dave Metzler has raved about this whole entire pay-per-view, um, and especially the last two matches. And um, I, I vaguely remember that Super Collider finisher uh, into what they did. But, yeah, I mean, I do like Fish and O'Reilly a lot. I do like the opposite pain a lot. Um I'm just excited to see, uh, you know, what, what the future holds for both teams. Uh, who, who I guess they're going to go against Sanity next, uh, Riley and, um, and uh, whatchamacallit, Fish. And then, like I said, I maybe have the Office of Pain have a one lasting war machine to kind of get them ready um, and then go to Maine. But one thing that's weird is that I, I heard that um, Ellering's staying with NXT. So I'm wondering if they're going to try to do that without them on Maine. I don't know if that would work. I'm hoping that I'm wrong about that. But before we go on to the next match between the Velveteen Dream and Cassie Sono, I want to, like, say and comment upon they announced War Machine. Uh, that was in the audience. Later on, they announced Ricochet, and they also announced EC3. Uh, luckily, even though it had Trevor Mann, which is a cool name by itself, they still included Ricochet, so I'm assuming that they are going to allow these guys to go by War Machine, Ricochet, and EC3, but it's been confirmed. They're going to be in NXT. Holy shit. All three of those. I'm so excited, Chris, about being, and I know that you are, especially about Ricochet, and I am too, but like even EC3 is going to be a lot of fun to see what they can do with these guys. Um, I also love how EC3 was um, interviewed later, and they acknowledged his past with NXT. So they're they're still bringing that up a little bit and going by uh you know the uh the, the um, chronologically keeping it correct I don't remember what the word is but I just screwed that up but anyways uh, how did you feel about you know seeing these guys in the audience I like EC3 I fucking love Ricochet and I love War Machine so I am super stoked on it uh, first and foremost we always do when we do these top ten lists. Ricochet is always on my list, and I fight for him so hard. I think he is so fucking underrated. I think he's one of the best wrestlers in the world. I think you can put him right up there with Kenny Omega and Okada uh, and Will Osprey and AJ Styles. I think you can throw him in that mix. If you give him the mic and let him talk and let him be Ricochet, I think he could be a really, really, really big deal, especially in NXT with a smaller crowd. We'll see how it works on the main roster, but I fucking love Ricochet. And War yeah, Machine's I'm really great, looking too. For, I'm looking forward to War Machine tangling up with everybody. I'm really looking forward to Ricochet, Ricochet and, um, God, him and Johnny Gargano would have a great match. Him and friggin', um, oh, man, there's so many. Uh, him and Aleister Black would have a great match. Um, a lot of people you compare him against. EC3, uh, him and... The idea of like not some maybe the wrestling, but the promos back and forth between him and Velveteen Dream, those egotistical motherfuckers in the program, 
That's a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to all these call-ups. All right, the next one that we have is our Velveteen Dream defeated Cassius Ono. Dream connected with a cartwheel Death Valley driver, followed by the Purple Rainmaker elbow drop off the ring post for the pinfall victory. I will say I love that Velveteen Dream keeps on changing where he does the elbow drop. He's done up in the second um, rope and jumped up ridiculously high and done it from there. He's done it like Macho Man style. He'll do it like Xavier Woods and Shawn Michaels off the actual ropes itself. I, I, I think this guy's so well-versed. And for being 24, holy shit, I, I think he's got a lot of talent uh, in the future. And I didn't think the match was that great. Um, I think these guys are both great workers. I think this is just a case where it just was clunky or they didn't work out. I, maybe they just don't work together well. I, I don't know. It just seemed like there was a lot of, like, clunkiness between him. Uh, Velveteen Dream, Cassie Zono is awesome at first size. He needs to stop wearing those fucking shorts. My God. I mean, dude, I get it. I'm a big guy, too. But, like, I wouldn't have half my ass and cellulite hanging out. But I'm just trying to say. I'm not – I mean, looking like one of the members of Space Jam is not the best look anyway. So, WWE could help him out. Or actually help him out completely. And never mind. I, I He's a badass wrestler is all I'm trying to say. But, like, his outfit is ridiculous. But, um, yeah, they, they, they were just kind of clunky. Uh, but I'm glad they gave the, the win, the rub to Velveteen Dream. Um, I think that he needs to have some wins. Because even though he keeps on having great programs where he loses, it still loses. So, um, yeah, how did you feel about this match, Chris? I thought Velveteen Dream looked great. I thought Ono looked like shit. Um and maybe I'm wrong, and I might need to rewatch the match. But uh, it's <laughs> the thing is, I love Cassiano. Thought he looked like like he didn't perform to the level I expect Chris Hero to perform. Um, especially being a Ring of Honor fan, early Ring of Honor fan. Um, but Velveteen Dream came out looking like a champ. I thought that Cartwheel Death Valley Driver was pretty fucking great. The finish was great. I'm glad Ono took it. And it made Velveteen Dream look bigger, in my opinion. And to me, he's he's going to be a bigger star than uh, Chris Hero. I, I just don't see Chris Hero working in WWE. I wish he would honestly leave and go back to Ring of Honor or, or New Japan. And that's nothing against him, but he is the Dolph Ziggler character at this point on NXT. Like, they're pigeonholed holding him to, like, you're going to have good matches, but you're kind of this. So he's like the Dolph Ziggler of NXT, if that makes sense. Or at least from the matches I've watched from him anyways. All right, so what they do is Vince has a pit of fire and a ring above it, and he says, one of you guys is getting pushed. And he puts Ty Dillinger, Cassius Ono, Dolph Ziggler, and um, Zach, uh, what the fuck's his name? Zach, um, Ryder. Zach Ryder on each thing. Um, yeah, and just let let them all just take each other out for realsies. And I think Dolph would inevitably win, but I'm just saying it's either him or Cassius. I don't know. Um, that was I a think, horrible joke. I, I'm sorry. I, I love all I, those wrestlers. I will, de- I, I will debate that, that fucking Zach Ryder is actually a better wrestler than Dolph Ziggler, and I have reasoning for that, but we can talk about that on a different show. Well, no, and I, I actually, I think all those guys, even Ty Dillinger to an extent, are good in ring hands. They just have that problem, like you were saying. They're, 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 they're like uh, Bubba, Bubba Ray Dudley. Maybe not with Ty so much, but they're, they're just a good, good work. Or what is it like? I forgot the term now, but he was basically explaining like they're, they're good at their part, 
and that's all they're there for, basically. And it's unfortunate, but it happens to some guys. And uh, you know, maybe we'll see some changes in the future. But um, let's uh, let's move on from that match. I wish, honestly, with Cassie Sono, if if Sheamus is going to eventually retire, and unfortunately, it's going to happen uh, because of his injury. You know, if Cesaro wants to stay in a tag team, him and him and um, Chris Hero had a badass tag team back in the day. Put them together, have them a tab title run. I don't think I could see him past that, though, unfortunately. Eventually, I think he wants to teach, though, because he already has and enhance other talent. Because apparently he teaches there while he's wrestling full-time at NXT, too. So, um, he's a good guy. It just uh, wasn't the greatest match. But he, he put over the talent, so that's all that mattered. We had the NXT Women's Championship match. Ember Moon defeated Shayna Baszler. Moon pinned Baszler while Baszler held her in an armbar submission to retain the Women's Championship. After the match, Baszler choked out Moon out on the ramp. Um, I thought this was actually a really good match. Um, I really like Ember Moon. Her, the, there are certain people I actually love their reactions in the ring. I know I'm not with everyone on this, but Ember Moon, the way she howls and stuff like that with her high-pitched voice, I really like that. I love Kevin Owens just making goofy comments, like, you know, telling Shinsuke not to do that stupid thing with his head in the Sammy like he did on uh, SmackDown. I love shit like that. And I love Carmella. And I know a lot of people do not, but I, I think she's hilarious whenever she's bitching on, what are you doing? Like, I think that's great. But anyways, I, I love uh, Moon. I love the way that she operates in the ring. I think that she's great at selling. Uh, I think she had a baseball that looks pretty damn good. And I love that arm bar where I was like, wow, is she going to, is she going to take her out? They really got me. And then she had that awesome roll-up. How did you feel about this match, Chris? I thought it was a great fucking match, honestly. Um, but not surprising. Ember Moon is great. Uh, I think Shayna ba- Baszler is going to get there. But Ember Moon, to me, carried this match with her selling. And I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, I, I like what they're building towards, especially with them selling Ember Moon being hurt at the Royal Rumble. I think there's a lot of interesting stuff they can do off of it. And I love Ember Moon. Trained by Booker T, <laughs> I believe. Yep. So she's she's pretty good. Um, and also that flip stutter is just fucking phenomenal. I love her. Only, only yeah, I love happy Ember Moon. things to say about her. I love Ember Moon. I love, I love her uh, werewolf type of, you know, concept that she came up with. Her gimmick, and I love her. Her finisher's great too. I don't like that Oscar uh, no sold it really at Royal Rumble, but that's you know we're kind of past that. Um, but yeah, great match between the ladies. Can't wait to see more between them. Uh, the next match we have Aleister Black uh, against Adam Cole in an Extreme Rules match. Black had Cole beaten, but Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish broke up the pin, which was legal due to the fact that uh, the match stipulations. Sandy came out to even the odds, allowing Black to connect with the Black Mask for the win. I love the stare down with the two kendo sticks and, and, and uh, what should we call it? Uh, Alistair Black saying, I don't need this and saying, come on, like come at him. I love both those guys, man. I mean, Adam Cole's got so many concepts of, uh, you know, kind of DX uh, Shawn Michaels, which is great because he's working with Shawn a lot. Um, and also uh, Chris Jericho and an Alistair Black. Yeah. He does have that undertaker presence to him. And I think that, the spots they did on the tables were both great. Uh, very similar to the Kenny Omega Chris Jericho match with uh, Alistair Black going through those two tables. But still, I mean, it's a good spot. Uh, always has a good reaction, especially how they performed it. And I love the double knees into the announce table. Alistair Black's finger, no, not Alistair Black, but um, 
man, uh, they screwed up uh, his uh, his finger in there. Um, but just, uh, you know, he was bleeding everywhere. They had to stop the match temporarily for a split second to put it back together. But Adam Cole went on with the rest of the match, and it was a fun match. Uh, how did you how did you like the Extreme Rules match in Philly, Chris? Fucking a phenomenal match, especially in Philly with the crowd and what they were able to accomplish. This thing went like twenty, almost twenty five minutes, and I thought they carried this match very, very, very well. Um, I like that Aleister Black went over. Uh, not to say anything bad about Adam Cole, but I feel like Aleister Black is like the next big superstar. I, I feel like Velveteen Dream will end up being bigger, but Aleister Black is definitely the guy that you built around. Um, and it was just such a good fucking match. Like, I, my only recommendation is just watch it. Just watch the match. <laughs> um, instead of me talking about it, just fucking watch it. It was really good. It, it, you will enjoy all like 25 minutes of that match. Just watch it. I completely agree with you, man. I love the match, but there was only one match. I was like, how are they going to get better than this? And honestly, like I love the hardcore match, but this NXT championship match between Andretti San Amos and Johnny Gargano, uh, Triple H told Sean Waltman that Johnny Gargano to him is the last white meat baby face, like the last of, of that type of breed. And my God, he really does have that type of perception. I thought these guys, I told you, I think these guys had chemistry, and I know it's going to sound crazy, like Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko back ECW, early WCW. Um, I thought it was a phenomenal match. Great wrestling. The guys just brought their A game. I love the women getting involved. Uh, Zelina Vega tried to interfere but uh, on almost behalf, but was intercepted by new NXT signee, uh, Candice LeRae. Shortly thereafter, almost connected with a double knee strike on the apron into the ring post before hitting a a uh, hammerlock DDT off the top turnbuckle to retain the championship. After the match, uh, returning Tommaso Ciampa basically just threw some salt in the wounds and came out and attacked Gargano from behind with a crutch, leaving him there with that blood that was dried to his lip that he could not get and I wanted to help him out with so much throughout the whole entire match. But great banger of a match. Chris, how did you feel about this? One of the best NXT matches I've seen in a long, long time. Maybe going back to Pete Dunne and uh, uh, Son of a Bitch. Anyways. Tyler Bate? Tyler Bate. Tyler Bate, yeah. Uh, going back to that, I thought this was one of the best NXT matches I've seen this year, for sure. And uh, I really like what they did with the storyline. They're they're getting Gargano and Ciampa back together. Well, at least in a feud back together in that sense. Um, and it was just a great match from start to finish, everything about it. I thought the way it was worked was very, very good. Um, I mean, if I was giving star ratings like Div Meltzer, I'd give this like four and a half. I'm not going to like six, six star match. I only go to five and I give this like a four and a half. I thought it was fucking phenomenal. It's a great match. Watch it for sure. It was Hands down, one of the best matches I've seen on NXT in a long time. And uh, Andrade deserves a lot of credit. His selling was wonderful, and Gargano also. And I can't disagree with Sean Waltman on him, or Sean Waltman and Triple H on him being like one of the last white meat baby faces, because I think that's a very, very honest opinion. I think that's that's honestly the. Uh... 
the good thing about them is the fact that there isn't a lot of guys that are not tweeners or have some type of, you know, arrogance about them. Like he's just like, you know, that Ricky Steamboat, that Rey Mysterio, that lovable baby face that we want to do well. And then this type of stuff happens, but what a fucking incredible match. Hey, what an incredible show too. Hope you guys enjoyed yourselves. Listen to another wonderful episode of wrestling Geeks Alliance. We're on every single freaking Thursday at seven o'clock until nine. We discuss wrestling. Uh, definitely check out Facebook at geek vibes nation. Uh, you guys will know everything. We have a show geek vibes live. That's coming out Saturday instead of Sunday night at eight o'clock. We're going to be going over comic book movies. Uh, I want to thank my wonderful co-host, Mr. Christopher Ray Patton. Chris, thank you so much for joining us tonight as always, buddy. Yeah, no way. Uh, I'm really excited. I was able to join. I'm glad Jawan was able to turn up and talk about the Royal Rumble. And uh, this is the year of Xavier Woods, 2018. Just be prepared. Let's go. I love that concept, man. I think that makes sense. Xavier Woods is a badass. But, um, yeah, you guys have a great evening and always come back. Let the Geek Fives be with you and pro wrestling rules. Why'd I say that? I don't know, because it rules. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.